Welcome to Legacy Church. Thank you for joining us in our journey to see our potential in Christ become a legacy in our community. We hope that you are encouraged by this word from Pastor Chad Owens and pray that you will walk away with something incredible from your time here with us. As you can tell, we have a lot going on, so just make sure that you are aware of everything that's happening. This coming Wednesday night, we have our Wednesday night dinner, so if you haven't signed up, that's the sign-up uh, sheet is there in the foyer. Uh, a lot of things happening, amen? amen? I want you to take your Bibles with me this morning. I want you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5-11. through 11. Um, Teresa and Laney are out of town. They went down to Mobile yesterday. For sh- She went to, to a prom there with her her friend or boyfriend, whatever you want to call it. I call it a friend. You, she calls it a boyfriend, whatever. Um, we have our differences there. But anyway, they're there. So I've been, uh, I was by myself all day and somebody asked me this morning, man, I'm glad did you see that you could dress yourself. And I was like, yeah, abs- tell me about it. I did pretty good, right? I mean, I, you know what? Come on, guys. Y'all got to liven up this morning. Man, boom, boom, I'm bombing out up here. But anyway, pray. they're coming back today, um, uh, this afternoon sometime, so pray with safety over there as they travel. Um, I'm excited about the sermon that, we've, uh, that we're going to dive into this morning. Over the last several weeks, we've been talking about um, different things and talking about protecting our house. We talked about fear. We talked about forgiveness. Last Sunday, we kind of got away from it for a moment, and, and we talked about Jesus, being Jesus with skin on. But today, we're going to go back to our sermon series that we've been talking about over the last several weeks called Protect This House. And today, I want to talk about pride for a moment. I want to talk about pride, and um, when I was thinking about this sermon, I, I've known many great leaders over our days, even people that I've been close to that have fallen victim to the issue of pride in their life, where they received a little bit of power, and they received a little bit of you know, something in their life, and that, that, that situation, that power, that money, that prestige, that that position that they had in their life kind of got out of control and they ended up falling victim to pride. Um, and so this morning, that's what I want to talk about is this, is if you and I are not careful, the church, pastors, leadership, you, mom and dad, grandparents, if you're not careful, if we will not watch out for what's going on in our life, you and I will fall victim to the landmine of called pride. Pride. God hates pride. Let me say that again. God hates pride. Why? Because it's the very opposite of who He is. God is humility. God is humble. God does not like pride. But if you and I are not careful, we will allow that pride to come into our life and it will kill us from being the person that God's called us to be. And it may not happen overnight. It just slowly begins to to creep into our life to where it will completely destroy what God's doing in our life. Because what happens is, when you have pride in our life and in my life, it takes everything out of God's hands, and it puts it in our hands of saying, you know what, I'm going to control my own life. I'm going to control my own destiny. I'm going to control my own things. I don't need God. That's what pride does. That's what pride tells you, that God is not really for you, that God doesn't really care about you, so don't give your life to Him. You've done, you've done really good so far without having a relationship with Jesus. Why would you now give yourself to Jesus? Why would you now have a relationship with Him since you've done so great over all these years? Pride allows that to come into our life. And it will kill us and will kill the very thing that God is wanting to do in our life. So I've titled the message simply this this morning, watch out for the landmines. 
Watch out for the landmines that the enemy is placing along this path that we call life. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5-11, through 11, it says this, In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to the elders. And then it says, All of you, clothe yourself with humility towards one another, because God opposes the proud, but He shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that He may lift you up in due time. And then the next verse says, Cast all of your anxiety on Him, because He cares for you. Be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. It says, resist him, standing firm in your faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings as, as you and I. And the grace and the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. As I was reading over this scripture, I was reminded about Peter's life. And if anybody could tell the tale about pride in his life, Peter could. As I'm thinking about as, as Peter is writing this, this book in the Bible and God is speaking to him and what words to, to share on the page, I'm sure there were times in his life where he thought about the situations where pride overcame him. That moment where where he rebuked Jesus and he looks at Jesus and he says to him these famous words, this will never happen in your life. In other words, God, I'm not going to allow that to happen. I'm going to take control of the situation and I'm not going to allow that to happen in your life. And the next breath, Jesus looks at Peter and says, he rebukes him and he says these famous words, get behind me, Satan. Why? Because he knew that, Peter was, uh, that the enemy was using Peter in that situation to stop what God was wanting to do in Jesus' life. And the enemy was bringing a landmine in the path of Jesus through the man named Peter called pride. Listen, guys, I'm telling you, if, if, if we're not careful, pride will creep into our lives. And as we walk along this path that God has called us to walk, we will be destroyed from the inside out because of our pride and because of our arrogance. Because of our pride and because of our arrogance in our life. That Jesus looked at Peter and said, get behind me, Peter. You don't understand what's happening in, in this moment. Get behind me, Satan. Because I don't want you to be a stumbling block to me. Because Peter, you don't understand. I'm on a path to, a, I have a destiny. I'm on a path to the cross. I'm on a path that God's called me to be. And if I allow you to come into my life between me and God in this moment, you're going to be a stumbling block for me. And I'm not going to be able to fulfill the destiny that God has for me. The stumbling block called pride. Jesus recognized it in Peter's life in that moment. And he says, get behind me, Peter. Get behind me, Satan. You're not going to be the stumbling block that keeps me from becoming who God's called me to be. And that's what pride will do. Pride will become a stumbling block in your life. And it will kill the very thing that God is trying to do through you and through, and through me. That's what pride does. It comes in and it tells you that you don't need God. It comes in and tells you, you need to be in control. It comes in and tells you that there's no reason to follow God. You've done well your whole life. Don't start following now. That's what pride tells us. You see, pride is the complete opposite of who Jesus is. 
Pride opposes everything that God is trying to do in your life. Pride is a landmine that Satan himself has buried in the ground in the pathway that God's calling you to walk. And if you're not careful, if you don't learn how to navigate through this life, if you don't learn how to keep God first in your life, then as you walk this pathway called life, you're not going to see the landmine that's there in front of you because the enemy, is, he, he's, he's buried it underground. But you need to be aware that it's there. Because as you travel this pathway, the longer you serve God, the longer that you go to church, be careful, people, that you don't allow pride and arrogance to come into your life. Because it will and it can. Well, I've served God for 50 years, or I've, I've done it this way for 50 years. I've done it this way. I don't, I don't need God in this situation. I can do it all by myself. Yes, you need God in your situation. The moment that you start saying that is the moment that is going to lead you to destruction. But re- be, please be reminded that there's, there's landmines on this path, and the enemy is trying to get you to step on those landmines. They're not very big, but they cause a lot of damage. If you remember, if you've ever seen any war movies, these soldiers are walking through these, these open fields and these, these tanks are tri- driving through these open fields and, and when one of them steps on a landmine, there's destruction. When this, when this big tank rolls over these little bitty items that are, that are tucked away in the ground, it does destruction to that thing. Why? Because it's trying to get over there. It's trying to do a job and that landmine destroys what it was sent to do. And that's what happens in our life along this journey, is that pride will destroy the very thing that God is wanting to do in our life. Many times we begin our Christian walk very well. We begin focused on God. We begin to give God everything. We keep our focus on Him and our life close to Him. But somewhere along this journey, the longer that we're Christians, we, we somewhere, somehow, somewhere, we take our focus off of Him and we put it on ourselves. And we say to God, God, I'm not going to cast my care upon you on this moment because I'm going to take care of it of myself. I'm going to do it on my own, God. I'm prideful. I'm going to take care of it uh, by myself. Be careful in those moments that you don't allow pride to come in because it will creep in and destroy your life. Then without warning, pride comes in. And before you know it, it destroys your whole life. You see, pride tempts us to believe that we know better than God does. And if it goes unchecked, pride will alter our attitude towards God and will, and will lead us in a different direction than what God is trying to do in our life. You see, please beware of Satan's goal. And his goal is this, is simply to kill you and destroy you in your life and your family. God has laid out this path for you to walk on. God has laid out this journey for you to walk on. And the enemy has snuck in and he's placed these little things in your life along this path Because he's trying to destroy us in the walk that God has for each and every one of us. You see, you got to understand that the enemy never gives up. His goal is to always bring problem after problem in your life. His goal is always to wreak havoc in your life. His his goal is always out to, to destroy you in every situation that you face. That's why it's so important, Legacy Church, that you and I stay humble. And that we stay close to God. So that we can maneuver through this life. That we can maneuver through this journey that God is calling us to walk on. Stay humble. Listen, if you forget anything I've told you today, remember this. Stay humble. Stay close to God. Live a life of humility. Because here's what I've learned. If you will live a life of humility, then God will never have to humble you. 
If you live a life of humility, then God will never have to humble you. But the moment that you don't live a life of humility, God will humble you. Please please listen to me. God will humble you. I've seen it happen in my life. I've experienced in my life. God has humbled me over this, this journey that I've called life that he's called me to walk on. Many times over, he's humbled me. But if you and I will walk in humility, then he will never have to humble us. It's kind of like putting on a jacket before you go outside when it's cold. The jacket is what? It's there to protect you from the cold. It's there to protect you from the elements of the outside. And that's what humility is. God is saying to us today, to each and every one of us, put on the clothes of, of humility so that you will be protected by the outside world, by the outside thing that the enemy is trying to throw against you. Protect yourself. Keep close to God so that you do not fall victim to pride in your life. It protects you from the dangers that Satan is trying to do. You see, what I thought about was before Jesus washed the disciples' feet, the Bible says that he got up from the meal and that he took off his outer garments. But then he does this. The Bible says that he wrapped himself in a towel around his waist as a sign of what? Humility. He took off this outer garment. The Bible says that he took this towel and he wrapped it around his waist before he ever washed the disciples' feet to show them what it looks like to live a life of humility. That's what he did. That's what God's called us to do, is to live a life of humility, is to, to wrap that humility around our life so that we can go out and do exactly what Jesus did, and that is to be a servant and to wash people's feet. But you see, if you don't live a life of humility, if you're not humble in your life, then you will not see the way, you will not see people the way that God sees them. You will just say, you will say these words, and I've even said it myself many times before. God, everything is okay in my life. God, everything is okay in my life. Everything is okay in my family. Let everybody else take care of themselves. That's not humility, that's pride. And God says, look at those people the way that I looked at you. Look at those people the way that I look at them. Live a life of humility so that you can serve and be the person that God, call, that God has called you to be. Humble. Being a servant is what God has called each and every one of us to do. And if we're not careful, the landmine is, is planted in the ground. And as we walk this journey, as we travel around, along this road, the moment that we get away from God is the moment that the enemy's going to come in and he's going to destroy you. And destroy the very thing that God is trying to do in our life. So i got a couple of things I want to share with you this morning. Number one is this, and I said it earlier, God hates pride. He hates pride. Why? Because it, it, it is the opposite of who He is. Proverbs chapter 8, verses 13, it says this, the fear, To fear the Lord is to hate evil. But then, it, then He says this, I hate pride and arrogance. Evil behavior and perverse speech. God hates those things. See, so let that sink into our mind this morning. That if I live that way, if I live a prideful life, if I'm arrogant. You ever met an arrogant person? You ever met somebody that's prideful? Can I tell you this morning, they're not fun to be around. Because they know everything and they're always looking down at you. Because you're not like them. 
They're prideful. They're arrogant. And God hates those very things. So be careful that you don't have pride in your life. Be careful that you're not arrogant in your life because God opposes those very things that's in our life. God says in verse 5, God opposes the proud, but He shows favor to the humble. The word oppose simply means to disapprove. God disapproves our behavior when we live that way. He disapproves how we live and how we treat people when we have pride in our life. Pride prevents us from becoming who God has called us to be. God will always resist pride in your life. He will always oppose that pride in your life until you get rid of it, until you live a life of humility. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 34 says this, The Lord mocks the mockers, but is gracious to the humble. If we want to live in God's grace, if we want to live in God's unmerited favor, then we must lay aside our pride and be humble, not only to Him, but to others around us. If we want God's favor, how many of you want God's favor this morning in your life? I want God's favor in my life. I want to be able to live according to how God has seen how God sees me to live, but if I have pride in my life, then I'm never going to be able to do it because it opposes the very thing that God wants me to do, and that's to serve and love people. It says to lay aside, lay aside that pride because we want God to do for us in our life. When we have pride in our lives, we're basically saying that, that there's no, no need for God in my life. We're saying that I'm better than those people over there. It's very easy to have pride in your life and point out the faults in other people's lives and completely forget about the two by four that's sticking out of your own eye. That's what pride does is to point faults about other people when even ourselves are just like them. Please be careful that you don't allow pride to come into your life because pride is a very slippery slope. All it takes for us to take steps in that direction and before you realize it, you've lost your footing and you're out of control. Last weekend or the weekend before, we had the opportunity to go, to go camping. And we went spelunking. Anybody know what spelunking is? Raise your hand if you know what spelunking is. Got a few people in here. It's basically exploring caves. So we went to this cave and we went spelunking. I, just, I don't know why I like that word because it's just spelunking. Say it with me. Spelunking. It just sounds good when, it's, when you say it. But the very, the very first thing that we came to... Listen, guys, I've never done this before, so I'm telling you, it was a challenge for me. The very thing that we came to was a hole about this big. And the only way to get through it was to lay on your belly and to crawl through the mud. But then not only did you have to lay on your belly and crawl through the mud, but you had to give it one of these to get around this huge rock that was in the way. And I'm telling you guys, it was a challenge. It was fun, but it was a challenge. And there was no, it was hard to find dry ground anywhere under the ground. It was all mud everywhere. So you're, you're always doing that. You look, you look like a brand new deer that's just been born, trying to gather your legs under you. You're just wobbling like crazy. And Teresa fell. I fell. There's several people that just, out of nowhere, you're on the ground. That's what pride does. You're walking this direction. And, and before long, you hit this slippery slope. And before you can realize it, you're out of control. You're just going out of control. Why? Because that's what pride does to you in your life. Before you know it, it's just you're out of control. Everything is just totally turned upside down in your life. You see, pride tempts us to, be- to believe all these things in our life, but pride also blinds us from God's calling, and we begin to focus on ourselves. When we begin to believe that you know, when you know it all, then you're in trouble. 
When you believe that you don't need God in your life, you're in trouble. When you believe that you don't need God in your family, you're in trouble. You're on a slippery slope, so you better watch out because you're, you're headed for destruction. He believed that he could... Uh, that, um, you see, when you go back and you look at Scripture, Satan's downfall was pride. You see, God created him with great beauty and great ability, which led him to believe that he was greater than God. And in a moment, that pride that, 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 that roused up in his life because he was beautiful, he had this great ability, he thought he was better than God. He thought he didn't need God. He thought he could be God. And in a moment, God put him in his place. And that's what God will do to you and I when we don't think we need God, when we think we're better than God. God will put you in your place. So please remain humble in your life and, re and remain faithful to God and keep everything before God. He believed that he could reign over God in his life and God uh, sent him down to the earth and, and, and made him who he was. When we believe that we're better than God, we don't need God, we're on a slippery slope that leads to destruction. Proverbs chapter 16, verses 18 says this, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before the fall. At no point are you and I better than those people that are around us. Even though you may feel that you are. Even though that your education is higher than theirs. Maybe you feel like you're smarter than they are. Maybe you feel like you can do a better job than they are. I want to tell you this morning, remain humble. Remain humble in that position. Why? Because God is wanting to use you wherever you are in your life. Jesus knew more than His disciples did. Jesus knew more than His disciples, but guess what? He still washed their feet. He still lived the life of humility. He was humble. Even knowing more than the disciples did, he reached down and he washed the feet of, his, of, of the disciples even knowing more than they did. Why? Because he was humble. He was, lived a life of humility. And he lived a life of love for people. And that's what he wanted. That's what he was sent to do. Is to simply wash the disciples' feet and to love people. The most important thing that you and I can do for us, is to always keep God first in our life. Don't allow God to get away from you. Don't allow God to go in a different direction. Don't allow God to, to get in the second or third or fifth position. Always keep Him number one so that you can remain, live a life of humility and be humble. Number two is this. Always keep God first. You see, if, if God has... If God has us in a humble place right now, listen to me. If God has you in a place right now where he's trying to humble you, stay there. Stay there. Don't try to leave. Don't try to get away from it. Don't try to change the situation, but stay in that position. Why? Because God's going to do something through you. He's going to do something through you in that moment. Don't try to change it. Don't try to get away from it. Listen, if you're here this morning and you're in a place where God's trying to humble you or God is humbling you right now, stay there and let him do what he needs to do. Because when you come out of it, you will be so much better than when you were before you ever went in it. Because there's something that he's going to teach you. There's something that he's wanting to do in your life. Let him humble you. Let him lift you up. Because the Bible says in verses 6 through 8, it says this, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that He may lift you up at due time. 
Cast all of your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Listen, stay humble. Stay in that position because at the right time, listen, you don't have to promote yourself. God will. You don't have to tell people how great you are. You don't have to tell, tell everybody how powerful you are. You don't have to tell everybody all those things. Because if you live a humble life, at the right time, God will place you in the position that you need. If you live a humble life, in due time, He will put you there. Don't put yourself there before it's time. Or don't put yourself there without God's hand being upon your life. Because you will fall and you will fail. It says at the right time, God will put you in that position if you will stay humble. Charles Spurgeon said this quote. He says, if you're willing to be nothing, then God will make something out of you. If you're willing to be nothing, God will make something out of you. True humility, listen to me, true humility is casting your cares upon Him. Why do you think that that scripture was right behind where it says humble yourselves? And then it says, the very next verse says, cast your cares upon Him. Why do you think it's there? Because if you try to carry that in your life, if you try to carry that pride, if you try to carry that burden, what you're saying is, God, I don't need you in this moment. I don't want you in my life. I'm better off without you. But the Bible says to cast your cares upon Him. Cast your anxiety. Cast your worry. Cast your fear. Cast your whatever it is in your life. Throw it upon God. Why? Because He wants to carry it. He's try, you can't be the person that God's called you to be if you're walking around burdened and, and fearful and having unforgiveness in your life all the time. The Bible says to cast it upon Him. It, listen, it doesn't say to take your burdens and to lay it upon Him. When I think about that, I think about somebody that's casting a fishing rod. When you cast a fishing rod, you're just not like, right? You're just not just gently throw. You're just like, because you're trying to, right? Or as a kid, you're trying to throw it as far as you can throw it, right? You're just like, see, look at that. I'm prideful. Cast your cares upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. If you, listen, if you don't cast your cares upon him, your life is going to be so burdened. You can't be the person that God's called you to be. It's, it's like trying to go help somebody move furniture when you've got 100 pounds of, uh, of a backpack on your back. Why? Because it's always going to be in the way. You can't be, you can't be successful. You can't be the person that you were sent there to be when you've got burdens hanging off of you all the time. Because if you've got this 100-pound backpack laying on your shoulders and you're trying to help people move or you're trying to trying to do something it's constantly going to be falling off you got to okay hold on a minute let me put it back on hold on let me let me put it that's what we do is that we're constantly trying to put back on the burdens that God says cast upon me it's like God for like Sunday morning like for instance like today we'll say to God God I'm casting my cares upon you God I'm not going to worry I'm not going to be fearful we'll leave the church and immediately what do we do we become fearful. We, become, we, we begin to allow worry to creep back in our life. We begin to pick up exactly what we just cast it off. And God says, cast it off. Don't live that way. Don't try to be that person. Don't try to carry it all on your own because you're not meant to carry it. You're not meant to carry your burdens by yourself. You see, God's shoulders are much bigger than my shoulders. 
And the Bible says, if I will just cast it upon him, he will take care of me. He will take care of my need. He will take care of me in my life. He will take care of my family if I will cast my burdens upon him. But if I don't cast my burdens upon him, if I don't give him my troubles, basically what I'm saying is, God, I don't want you and I don't need you. I can fix it on my own. But God says, live a life of humility. Throw everything upon me. Whatever it is that you got in your life, throw it on my life. God says, get rid of it. Let me handle it. Verses 8 says, be sober or be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone who devour. Be careful of the landmine that the enemy's placed out in front of you, whether it be pride or whether it be lust or whatever it is that he's trying to do to you in your life. Be mindful that it's there. Ms. Karen, I want you to come up this morning as I close this morning. You see, there's a story that I read this week in 2 Chronicles chapter 26 about a man named King Uzziah. King Uzziah became king at the age of 16 years old. In 2 Chronicles chapter 26, verses 4 and 5, it says these words. It says, He did right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father Amaziah had done. The Bible says in verse 4, it says that he sought God during the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of the Lord. And listen to what it says next. As long as he sought the Lord, as long as he, he, as long as he kept God first, as long as he continued to seek the Lord, God gave him success. He was successful. Why? Because he constantly was seeking the Lord. He was constantly placing himself before the throne of the room of God. And the Bible says that, the, that God gave him great success. You see, as long as you, listen, as long as you keep, you and I keep God first, you will always be successful. You will always be successful. And no matter what happens in your life, because you're seeking God, you're keeping yourself before, before God, you will always be, now you may not feel successful, you may not be successful in the eyes of the world, but you'll be successful through Jesus' eyes because you're following after Him. You're keeping Him in the forefront of everything. But the moment that we try to do everything on our own and do our own accomplishments, that's when we mess up. You see, God helped this man gain many victories. God gave him great wisdom to fight against the Philistines' army, and they won. No armies, listen, no armies were a match for Uzziah and his army because they followed the Lord. He built towers in the wilderness, fortified cities in Jerusalem. He dug cisterns to water his livestock and to irrigate his vineyards. He owned a vast amount of land. The Bible tells us that he had over, in his household, that he had over 2,600 people. And in his army alone, he had over 300,000 men. He was very powerful. He had a lot of stuff. And as long as he kept God first in everything, God always gave him success. God gave him wisdom. God gave him strength to do all of this wonderful stuff. But somewhere later on in his life, something changed. To where he no longer went before God to, do his, to, to seek after God, but he began to do his own thing. 2 Chronicles chapter 2, verses 15, it says this. It says that his fame spread far and wide. For he, was, uh, for he was greatly helped 
Listen, he was greatly helped until he became so powerful. Until he became so prideful and so powerful in his life. God helped him. God gave him success. But the moment that he changed that, everything began to change in his life. Listen, if you believe all the good things that people tell you, it will lead you to be prideful. If you believe everything, that every good thing that somebody tells you, it will lead you to be, become prideful in your life. Everybody was talking about this man. Everybody was talking about his army and all his money and what kind of fame and fortune and power that he had. And it went to his head. He grew in popularity. He grew in strength. And he began to think to himself, why do I need God? Look what I've achieved my own. Look what I've done in my own. Look at all the armies that I have. Look, at, look how powerful we are. Look at all the money that I have. Look at all this land that I have. Look at all this stuff that I have. Why do I need God? Somewhere something shifted in his life. Proverbs chapter 11, verses 2, it says, When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. When the king realized the strength and the ability that he had in his life, he took God out of the picture. Second Chronicles chapter 26, verses 16 says this, but it says, but after Uzziah became powerful, his pride led to his downfall. He was unfaithful to the Lord his God and entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. He became so powerful and so prideful. And what he, meant, what he went to do was something that he wasn't supposed to do. He went into the altar. He went into the, to the temple to burn incense. And that was not his job. God called him to be king, not to be the priest. So in that moment, all the power, all the pride went to his head. And he says, I don't need God anymore. I'm going to do this all, all on my own. I don't care about the priest. I'm going to go into the temple. And I'm going to do what the priest is supposed to do. And that's when we begin to fall. When we take everything out of God's hands and we place it in our hands. And we say, God, I'm going to handle this on my own. I'm going to do it by myself. I, don't, I, I know I'm supposed to do it, but God, I'm not going to do it that way because I want to do it on my own. That's what Uzziah did. He did something that he wasn't supposed to do. He did something that only the priest was supposed to do. Not only did King Uzziah happen in his life, but it happened in King Saul's life when he was supposed to destroy the Amalekites, and he didn't. Pride. It came into their life and it began to destroy the very thing that God had done in their life. You see, the king was never supposed to be the priest, but he was always supposed to be the servant of God. You and I are never to be called the priest. We're not supposed to be God. We're called to serve God. Never are we, never are we supposed to view ourselves as God-like because we're not. We're called to serve God. And the moment that you put yourself in that position, that's where destruction begins to take place in your life. And everything begins to fall apart and everything begins to unravel in your life because only God can do what God needs to do in your life. But if you're not willing to cast your cares upon Him, if you're not willing to keep Him first in your life, then everything will begin to fall apart. If you don't believe me, just try it and you'll watch it happen because I've, I've done it in my own life. 
You see, we've all been guilty of jumping ahead of God and, and trying to do God's job. And for some, somehow, some way, some reason, God, God does something in our life to humble us, to make us realize that we are not who we think we are. You see, the spirit of pride will always encourage you to turn away from God instead of turning to God. Proverbs 29, verse 23 says this. Pride brings a person low, but the lowly in spirit gain honor. When King Uzziah was in the, when it was, when he was in the temple, the priest came at him and, and was talking to him and saying things about, uh, to him, and he became very angry. And in a fit of rage, he, he began to strike out at the priest. And in that moment, listen to me, in that moment of fit of rage, in that moment of pride, the Bible says that he was overcome with leprosy. That leprosy broke out on his forehead because he became so prideful and so powerful and he tried to do everything by himself later on in his life. When at first he was a young man, he sought God's wisdom. Can you hear me? Doesn't that sound like a Christian life? When we're young in God, what do we do? We, go, we keep ourselves before God. We seek after God. We look after God. We want to pursue the things of God. But as we grow older, what do we do? We slowly pull ourselves away from position where we need to be in God to where we're handling everything by ourselves. We're doing it all on our own. We're not keeping ourselves before the throne. We're not keeping ourselves in God's presence where we're supposed to be. Humble, not arrogant. And that's what King Uzziah did. He broke out in, in leprosy. And in that moment, he was banned from the temple. He had to live separately away from everyone. Why? Because he had leprosy. And guess what he died from? Leprosy. He died a, a, he, he died a man alone because he had leprosy. A man that God had called at, a, at, a, at 16 years old to be king. Later on in his life, died alone because he tried to be God in his own life. The moment that we try to be God, the moment that we try to fix everything like we always do, the moment that we try to carry all of our burdens in our life, the moment that we try to do all this stuff by ourselves, what happens? We get burnt out. We lose our faith in God. We lose our faith in people. We lose our faith in the church. And, and we say things like this, well, if God was really God, then he would be taking care of my problems. He can't take care of your problems if you don't give it to him. He's not going to come into your life and just snatch it away from you. you the Bible says that you got to cast it upon him. you got to give it to him. But the moment that we try to carry it ourselves, and we always do, because we know better than, our, than anybody else does, we begin to fall in our life, and things begin to happen that should have never happened. Pride will destroy your marriage. Pride will destroy your walk with God. Pride will destroy everything in your life. And the enemy, what he's doing, he's taking that little landmine and he's placing it out there in, the, in your path and he's covering it up to where you can't see it. And if you don't keep God first, you're just traveling this path all by yourself and before long you're going to step on that landmine and it's going to destroy everything in your life. God says, you got to keep me first. You're not powerful don't become prideful in your life because when you do, everything falls apart. Again, pride is, becomes a stumbling block in your life. 
Adam and Eve had, Adam and Eve had everything that they could ever ask for in, in the Garden of Eden. They had everything that they needed. But for one moment in their life, they wanted more. They wanted to be more powerful. They wanted to know what God knows. They wanted to be like God. And what happened? It led to their fall. It led to their destruction, which led to you and I, to the sin that we know of today. When we take God out of the picture and we place ourselves there, we're in a path for destruction. I want you to bow your heads this morning with me. Are you casting your cares upon them this morning? Are you truly just throwing it, throwing it on him and, and walking away from it and saying, God, I, I can handle it. I need you to take care of it. And the moment that you do that, he will take care of it. Now the outcome may be different than what you think, but he will still take care of it.